plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> I didn't even remember what What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like, like you, Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to another episode of Warriors plus minus. I am here with my homies, my ride or dies, my weekly comrades, Tim Kawakami, the boss man, Ethan Strauss, the author and superstar, and Lakers beat writer, Anthony Slater. What's up, fellas? Slater's lighting it up on the Lakers, by the way. A yeah. little company secrets here, but the lighting it up, Slate's doing a mate. great job. Uh, not a beat writer, hey, but yes. Slater, I'll, I will say this later. You are really good at your job. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. You didn't wake up this morning thinking you are going to hear that from Marcus. No, I thought I was going to get just grilled about even writing about the Lakers. Now I'm being, uh, you know, lauded for That's going to happen. I'm just saying it's good stuff to be able to just hop on another team. I get it. It's the Lakers. It's not like you just made the, uh, you know... I can't even think of a really bad team. The Atlanta Hawks sound interesting, but New Orleans uh, Pelicans. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's really good. I would say that I am invigorated by writing about the sport again. At any point, you could say thank you. Like it, it could be. I now, appreciate it could be a bit later. I <laughs> appreciate the compliment now, but I also know it's coming with you know you're gonna poke me with a fire stick later about it. Just like I'm sure you guys are very much enjoying watching the sport to be able to go, hey, you know, why was Anthony Davis really bad tonight? Let's go back and really look at it. Like that's been fun because we've been without it. We've been without it for a year, Anthony. Really, true. I mean, more, also more than a year. More than a hey, year in the in the Hey, area. trust me, I had to be like, why did Marquise Chris struggle <laughs> in a twenty point loss to the Mavericks tonight? So oh, jo- the Jordan Pool combo guard issue. Uh, uh, yeah, this is slightly more than that. Anthony Davis has to be more aggressive. And here's why is slightly more interesting than that. Sorry, I mean, Jordan. You Poole, guys mock is. the fifteen and fifty Warriors, but I, I just talked to uh, Glenn Robinson and he, man, he was talking about the Warriors like he was on the championship team. Yeah, he hasn't had a great time away from them, has he? No, he hasn't. But you know what the Warriors did? They handed him a starting job in thirty minutes tonight. That gets a lot of people happy. And, and but, all and his, the shots he won, huh? Yep. And they had a head coach who praised him. It's crazy to think that the last NBA playoff game happened over a year ago in Oracle Arena. Like I, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Total Warriors focus point of view. From I'm watching these playoffs right, and Toronto looks really good. You know, not, hey, we don't know if they're the best team, but they're really good. They, they play hard. They've got good players. They might win it. Might be win a chance. They're they're doing it without Kawhi Leonard, who was in the finals last year. The Warriors almost beat them and had Kevin Durant for a quarter. If if both those teams were healthy. They're so far much better than every other team we're watching right now. It's not even close. The Lakers are not close to the Warriors with Durant or Toronto with Kawhi. It's not even close. The Clippers at their top level with maybe, Kawhi and Paul maybe, George. Are interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, they would, yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, they took the Warriors to what was it, six games last year? Or two whatever year we're talking about. Was that last year? I can't even remember yes. what year. Yes, yeah. It was last. So they took a Durant Warriors team to six games. So yeah, and you add Kawhi, Warriors are still better, but Yes, it would be interesting. I'm just saying we're talking about maybe 
Toronto without Kawhi still being competitive, it tells you how great they were last year. And the Warriors not even being in this, Kevin Durant not even being in this, how great the Warriors. These two teams were separated from anything last year, and they're separated from, you know, that idea of them is separate from what we're seeing right now. It just, it just does strike me how great those two teams were. We should probably appreciate that. It's interesting how the Bucks don't come up when you bring up those teams. And I'm not disagreeing because there's one perspective where, oh my God, look at the historical accomplishment of uh, this Bucks team and they're just murdering these other teams and look at the point differential and maybe there's too much of an assumption that you can almost just spend that in the playoffs and it's the same thing I think a more old school perspective and I think I share it is just looking at the Bucks and going yeah it's amazing how well they play together but I don't think they have it I don't think they have it like that in a playoff basketball way not enough star power Oh, man, you're going to enrage some of your friends with this <laughs> regular season Bucks take. <laughs> the Bucks are better than they were last season, I think, right? They're, they got some better players. Brooke Lopez is way better than he was last season. And then we see what they did the other day, just to kind of stumble down the stretch and kick the ball away. And- it's hard to g- overlook the fact that like, when the game is on the line, you know Giannis is just going to try to put his head down and drive through three people, and it's probably not going to work. I mean, get stripped by James Harden, you know, I mean, again, Harden's not, he's good at that, but that should happen to Giannis Antetokounmpo at the end of a game that, that, that sort of is important. And you could just see it happening again. So, like yeah, he's I, posted him up and, and like got stood up and turned it over. It's like, what? They have weapons. They got Middleton. They got, I mean, they don't have Bledsoe right now. So that's a little different, but I don't know that Bledsoe is the difference between being great or not great. You know, I just kind of see them standing around again at the end of games. And that's not that's kind of why they lost in the playoffs last season, I think. So I don't love them. Uh, I think Toronto's a better team. I think some other teams got a shot at them and probably shouldn't with their record. And they're, as you as Marcus mentioned, their point differential. But man, that did not it hasn't looked great. The other team I want to talk about a little bit is I don't think the Lakers look so great. I don't. I just, yeah, Slater, you're watching them. I, I think. Well, obviously they're missing those those guards. Slater, can you answer for this curse that you've given the Lakers? <laughs> um, LeBron's been great defensively, and you know they were third this year in defensive rating. I think that gets a loss a little. And we all come from covering the Warriors, where their defense was always the underrated value to why they were in you know in the title they were guaranteed to be a basically a top five defense the lakers have that right now vogel i think is maybe the most underrated coaching job this year he's really injected them with you know defensive life davis might win defensive player of the year so um really they've probably been the best defensive team in the bubble but through two games before last night's game they were the worst offensive team danny green can't hit anything right now and like when Danny Green and Kentavious Caldwell Pope are not hitting threes, and I think right now combined they're like four of 27 or something from three in the bubble, really wide open threes, that's a problem. And that's a problem that will stick with them because they were, I think, 17th three-point percentage this year. They're like a very average three-point shooting team. But uh, some of it rides on the stuff with Davis. I was saying the other night, you know, you saw him in Toronto. Yes, I know they doubled him. Nick Nurse had the smart game plan, but he was just so passive and like, I'm sorry, you can't play like that in a big game. And then what did he, did you guys watch the game last night against the Jazz? Most most of it, most of it. Yeah, I mean it was he took 14 shots in the first quarter. I mean, and it was like okay, they're a completely more different team when he's just I'm going to shoot, I'm going to score 40. He killed Gobert last night. So if LeBron has to coax it out of Davis, and I'm concerned about Davis in a seven game series at the highest level 
understanding that this is the highest level and that has to be what he comes out with every night. But if he is that every night, they are in that elite tier. If he's not, yeah, I would be worried about them because, you know, they have two of the top five players in the league. And then when where's their next player on that list fall in the best Coons. NBA players? Like 69th? But you know what I mean? They're so They want it to be Kuzma, and, and Kuzma is not that guy. He's just not that guy. Yeah, but I, I feel like they don't need Anthony Davis for seven of those games. They probably need him for three or four. But, I mean, if LeBron is going to play defense like this, I think that's probably the best sign of any sign they could have in this little his defense on Kawhi. Yeah, I, like, I didn't know the way Kawhi was just gave up. Like LeBron was on him, and he just gave up and started looking to pass the ball. This is not the like robotic. I'm gonna get to my spot and I'm gonna take my shot, Kawhi. Like he really took. I mean, the memes are funny. Like he got Kawhi's like looking not composed. He's looking. Like he was scared. If LeBron is going to play defense like that, if he's going to send a message that that he's going to lock up, you know, in those big games, like if they started out dominating, hitting all the threes, it'd be like, all right, they're good, but this is not the playoffs. For me, that was a sign where you're like, uh oh, LeBron has had months off and he's energized and he's back valuing defense again. The only concern that's come with that is. You know, when he does that, he loses it offensively a bit. You know, we, we all know that, right? You know, when he was the quarterback in Cleveland, he wasn't good defensively because he's like, I have to do absolutely everything on one end, control the entire game. So, no, I don't want to guard Kevin Durant. I want to guard, you know, literally, you know, the worst option so I can kind of rest on defense, almost catch his breath. What you're saying is correct. I mean, this is about as good as I've seen LeBron play defense in a long time. But have you seen his offensive numbers? That shot, yeah. That yeah, shot 16 points, 20 points, 22 points. Hasn't been over 10 assists, even though he averaged like 11 this season. So he hasn't been very good offensively. And I think that's because he's kind of tired offensively at times because of what he's doing on the other end. And that's when Anthony Davis, like, you know, you, you kind of got to go back and forth. That's what kind of you thought they were going to be. And maybe they will. It's two great players. So that that's really what it could be. I think they do need a third, fourth option. It does feel like we're talking about the old Warriors here a little bit. Like, okay, that Curry's great. Durant's great. Who's going to be that third guy? Uh, you, you, so, yeah, TK, Deion Waiters didn't win you over Deion already? Deion not does not quite do it for me. <laughs> that's not a TK player. Deion is. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not the guy it's I the imagine going to be. of a TK player. Yes, yes. And, you know, I, and they're not going to play him at the end of games. There's no way. They're gonna, and they're going to play their guys. You can play some, you know, Caldwell Pope and Caruso even. Wasn't, didn't Caruso close the last game, Slayer? I think he did. He was like fifth in closing minutes this season for them. You know, and him and LeBron were some absurd net rating together this year. I think they were any duo that played over 200 minutes together, they had the best net rating in the league. For some, You know, it's like his Del Vadova of the Lakers, but it works. Two incredible players. They're gonna That's going to get them through some series no matter what when we saw it with the Warriors. But then, yeah, what is the, what is the energy level going to be for Le, Le, LeBron as they get through three, four rounds and – who else is going to make those shots? And, you know, oh, when Rondo comes back, well, he ain't making those shots, you know. And so they're, they're going to need and yeah, might they might have to push Deion Waiters out there or J.R. Smith. And good luck if you're doing that in the fourth quarter of a big playoff game. What's interesting, it might come down to Danny Green hitting threes, as it ha- often has in Danny Green's career, right? You know, like, remember on the Spurs, he's either he's he's 40% from three over an entire series hitting four a game or he's two percent from three goes like one of like 30 remember who's pretty good against the warriors uh in the finals he was was. after being really bad am i wrong for watching the rockets and thinking this team 
they just look like they know what they are and they know what they're doing and there's a rhythm and they've been at it a while and they just seem really dangerous, really dangerous. I could, I've been saying this for a long time. Yeah. You've been early in preseason. I remember you were, you were on that Rockets, uh, Rockets bandwagon. Yeah. I remember I was, uh, got into it with Nate Duncan a little bit, uh, but even before this, you know, during this restart, uh, they are dangerous. The, the Lakers do not want them in the four or five. That's the one team they either want six, seven or, you know, two, three. Uh, although I guess Clippers, they wouldn't want four or five, but nobody thinks that's going to happen. That would be a very weird matchup if it's Lakers Rockets because Davis should go for forty four a night, but I don't think the Rockets care because they're like, yeah, sure, Davis, you know, shoot your mid ranges, maybe you'll hit some. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna get off. You're probably gonna get off decently efficiently, but Danny Green and Pope will probably miss enough threes, and if the Rockets get hot from three on the other end, they're gonna out Matthew. And they're just like you said, it's just it's a weird style, but it, they're so comfortable doing it. But the only thing I don't like about Houston is they no longer even have the option to pivot back big. They can't even say, you know, we're getting beat kind of tonight. We could use a center right now. Let's go to Capella. That's just not even there anymore. That's I mean, so they on don't brand for the Rockets to not have a counter. They burn the boats. It's just it's this, which I, I kind of like it a little bit. I kind of like the lack of optionality. You got to know what I don't like about the Rockets. Too Defense? much Jeff Green. Too oh, much yeah. Jeff Green. He's, that, he's their there. backup center. He's their I know he's center. a plain detail. Like, he's out there guarding the best. The best four or five. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot to ask out of Jeff Green. I do like how with the five out or the the four guys out, like Russ is the two point option, and I like Russ having all that space and the mindset to be like, yeah, my mid range is back, and I'm trying to get to the rim. And this is what I always thought Russ needed was to give up point guard duties. Like, stop trying to be the floor general we know he's not, you know, the best at. And just go be a killer. And he can do that because he's got the space. And his mid-ranges and, and banks and, you know, penetration, it's like it's, it is the counter to the, the three-point festival they have, right? It is the, like... It's their version of all right. We need we need a high percentage shot. Let's dump it down to the post. Now it's Russ go get your mid range jumper off, and it actually works well for Westbrook. But I, I guess we need to see what happens when those threes don't fall. Like that's going to be the real question. I've seen when those threes don't fall. <laughs> <It's not good. laughs> I think we all I think we've all <laughs> seen good. something like that. Uh, I've seen next, a few sitting, over my time. Yeah, <laughs> I was nice. I was sitting next to Ethan one time when we saw a bunch of them miss. <laughs> that was crazy. That was memorable. I, How much is the the bubble missing the Warriors right now? Oh, ratings, so, Ethan. Ratings. How much is the uh, bubble missing Steph Curry? And also, like, would it be better? How much is the bubble missing Kevin Durant in the Nets? Uni. Durant's a little unanswered as a question just because he's been with the Warriors now for a few years and now with this whole new team. But what we have learned, if we go to the if we go to the graphs and the charts right now in the NBA, there are two draws Two. it's LeBron James and Steph Curry. Those are the two. And by the way, that's not even getting on the whole the NBA is in dire straits. Uh, aspect. I think that's always been true of the NBA is, to a certain we, we extent. We can't call that Zion yet. We can't call Zion. That's why I, so I think Zion's I think, sort I, of in there. I, I, yeah, I thought Zion was, but the viewership for that you first gotta game. You got to give him on a curb, though, man. It's the Pelicans. I, I think a KD Kyrie team would be much more than Zion at this point of all yeah, there. Zion was a draw at Duke, and I think he has the potential to be a major draw if he's healthy and looking a little different than he's looked. So I think Zion has that potential, but as far as just you know you're getting a few more million people watching this game, 
it is LeBron and it is Steph. So not having Steph, not having the Warriors, I think is a big deal because it's basically right now it's LeBron or not a whole lot of people are watching. I mean, Giannis isn't that guy. That's what's interesting. Here's a question. Is it Giannis is not that guy because he's Milwaukee Giannis or is he just not that guy? I mean, we can't answer that, but I would watch him. I mean, I, I think he should be some sort of ratings pull. I think the Milwaukee element and Milwaukee people will be furious that Warriors people are, you know, connected writers are saying this, but I think it's Milwaukee. I really do. I think it's Greece. I think just fans, the name is a little hard to say for the casual fans. I just know. Look at Ethan when, choosing to have Greece fans mad at him instead of Milwaukee. Well, I'm just it's true. <laughs> Calculator risk right here. It's a difficult name to say for most American fans, and they don't have a context for him before he started getting good in Milwaukee, and then you combine it with Milwaukee. Nothing's but, harder than, nothing's easier than the Greek freak, bro. I, I mean, look, we have the numbers, you know, first ESPN game in 4.5 months, first ESPN NBA game, Bucks celtics theoretical Eastern Conference Finals preview, 1.3 million people watch that, which I know people don't always have the context for what that means. That's not good. That's actually really bad. That's not what you would want if you were the NBA. Oof, that's rough right there for Giannis versus the Rockets. And maybe you could draw a conclusion about the Rockets as well right there. But you would think that Giannis, considering that we've never seen somebody like him, his abilities are freakish, as they say, Greek freakish. And yet there isn't that connection. There isn't that resonance. And I feel like there should be because he's so damn exciting. But the American viewers just have, they have not gravitated to him to the point where the NBA is looking to Zion and going, we need 22 teams just to get Zion Williamson in because he's going to draw people and Giannis is not. You know what I think has helped? Like, you know, we mentioned the Warriors. Okay, Steph Curry's the draw. But Steph Curry had the Clay, the Draymond, the, you know, the personalities around him. Even Kevin Durant and those Thunder teams back in the day, it was like, yeah, you had the Kevin Durant who was the Giannis of those young Thunder, but there was a Russell Westbrook. There was like this like co-star that you also kind of had the your eyes would gravitate towards. You know, Giannis doesn't have that. I understand Middleton is an all-star, but like Chris Middleton is like way below a household name. The Bucks beyond Giannis have zero recognition. Mike Budenholzer is their coach, very good coach. Nobody, you know, Chris Middleton is like bread, right? Like he's he's good, and you need him, but you're not going to the restaurant for him. Oh, some some <laughs> bread, sometimes good bread. I would, I just want to put, I put bread way up there. Yeah, you're going and, and, to a restaurant for bread. <laughs> sometimes, like it's a it's a factor. It's a factor. Honestly, I mean, like Brooke Lopez is probably like second on their like name recognition list, which is like that's crazy. I don't think it's just a Jan, Jan's problem. I just think nobody knows the Bucks. I do think storylines matter, like. Yeah, no question. What it it matters, and the Warriors had one. I do think it matters that what what's the storyline with the Bucks? Is Giannis going to leave? <laughs> that's the storyline. Yeah, that's the storyline. Yeah, story the Bucks would get better ratings if Giannis was like publicly like, I don't know if we don't win this year, oh, I might man, vote. Then right? I would, everyone would be like, Oh, we got to see this. Like you know, taking off the jersey like LeBron in Cleveland. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Ethan. So, uh, Bucks. Rockets, 2.8 million viewers. Is that good? 
Uh, it wasn't 2.8, I think. I think it was I'm around I'm looking 2. at it right now. I thought it was 2.3 on Oh, I'm sorry, 2.18. 2.18 on ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, ABC. see, see? <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. That's awful. That's ABC. I, I, again, there's the context. I, I'm fighting. I talked about in the last podcast. 60 Minutes drew 7 million viewers as the number one. I'm fighting an uphill battle on this, I think, communication of reality because analogous to how sneaker reviewers don't want to kill the sneaker because then Nike will not ship them the sneaker. Oh, you can trust you can trust the numbers. Oh, who are you talking about? Yeah, wow. Is there a reference Jeez. here? <laughs> Ethan taking journalistic shots. Yeah, wow. I'm just saying, well, I'm you know, we've we've had too much of the BS frankly. We can believe the numbers but not the framing because the framing is always going to be shaped by the league and these establishments that want the proprietary information do not want to cut off that point of contact, so they always go, strong ratings, or they'll give some reference point that doesn't make sense, and it confuses the public because they go, wait a second, I heard the ratings were great. No, that's not good. That is not good on ABC network television Sunday night primetime to get 2 million people. I just want to be clear. I don't think, I do not think ESPN is suggesting that some writers are getting free shoes shipped to them for saying the ratings are good. But I hope you're not, I don't think you're saying that. No, 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 no. I'm saying, if you're a sport, you're you're trying to incur, you you see it from the point of view of the sport, not necessarily view the context of everything else. To be clear, if you are trying to get the proprietary information first from the league, or the broadcasters, you're probably more likely to get that if you are not killing them once you get that. And I think that is an incentive right there because it's been too much BS for years, frankly. Aggregate that, everybody. Aggregate that. This has not been a good situation. It's, in the long term, been going the wrong direction. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I'm tired of the coping. I'm tired of I the mean, excuses. I got it. I don't think you're wrong, but how much of it is just people just don't understand this stuff? Yeah, so you gotta say you have to take the narrative because you don't. What what are you looking at, really? Well, yeah, you got to be really into the weeds and a nerd on this. Uh, So, but that's why it's important to be honest in the framing because I think it's confusing to a lot of people. So we should be we should be real with them. We should be honest with them, and we should say, look, like this is not. That is not good. And trying to use some benchmark and saying that, oh, they did best on a night where they're going up against, I don't know, a bunch of repeat shows. I mean, look, over the weekend, the PGA Tour got over 3 million viewers. Basketball should not be losing to golf. It just shouldn't be. That shouldn't be happening. That's bad. And we could go 18 to 49 all we want, but that paradigm is going to shift too because the older demographic has all the assets right now and all the purchasing power. So I'm not even sure what we're doing with that. Eyeballs are eyeballs. So Yeah, and and, and yeah, the Warriors, if you pull the Warriors out of this, the NBA loses. There's no question about that. What if LeBron gets old in a couple of years or two? You know, <laughs> if he gets that, out of the 18 that, to 49 yeah. demographic. <laughs> that that is going to be a problem. I mean, just yeah, th- th- there's some eroding, but there's eroding in every facet of sports, I think except for the NFL. But this bubble thing is a very is a, it's just an interesting kind of lab experiment. Just to put it out there, throw these teams out there, and see what the, where the numbers go. I believe, and I've told Ethan this. I think they got to build it. You, you got to kind of reassess. This isn't like the first game of a season. It's a restart season of a season that's already been mostly played. So it's hard to kind of feel like this is an opening to it. Other than there hadn't been sports, so you would expect a pent up interest that there wasn't 
that doesn't seem to be really bearing out in multiple games. But let's see how how's, how it builds. Let's see if there's storylines are generated. Yeah, let's see if their storylines are generated. Let's see if Giannis becomes this more compelling figure. Listen, Tony Parker became a compelling figure over years. Tim Duncan became a compelling figure over years. Like in some of these other markets, it's not just LeBron. It's you got to kind of build it. And let, let's see if it happens in this bubble. I want to leaven some of my harshness with some positivity as well. One of the reasons why I think people should be tuning in more or there would have been more of an expectation is that this is a damned miracle what the NBA has produced in Florida. I mean, this is crazy what they've been able to build, how they've been able to keep the infections down to almost nothing among the players at least. It's very impressive. It is logistically something. Especially compared to the MLB. Well, that's what I was about to say. It seems like it's something that the MLB is logistically incapable of even coming close to doing. So I have the sense, as I always have with the NBA, why do I harp on the ratings? Why do I harp on the ratings? Part of it is that I think it's an amazing sport. I want it to do well. I think it should do well based on its intrinsic appeal. And that's one of the reasons why it's surprising. When the NBA pulls off such a miraculous, crazy experiment like the bubble, you would ideally like to see it get more people watching. One thing I think this is going to test is the public's appetite for the actual sport because the sport has been great. You know, yesterday I'm watching Nuggets Thunder in midweek at, you know, 1 p.m. There's games all day. There's good matchups. They've had like five games ago OT. Everything's been down to the wire. Everyone's playing hard defense. Like this is really good basketball product if you actually care about basketball. Now, I think our NBA viewership's mind has been skewed over the years to not care as much about the sport. So maybe the ratings will stay bland through a playoffs that I'm really going to enjoy. Ethan will follow the ratings and will give us those updates. But from my perspective as a viewer, I am really happy with what's going on in Orlando. You know, we all got to reset the context. Like, we all got to go, like, what is this? What do, do these games matter? Do the players think it matters? Where is it setting up? And I think that's taking some time. What I've been struck by is these guys are playing hard. And that's the most important thing. Like, they care about it. And if they care about it now, they're going to care about it even more in the playoffs. And I think that will generate good basketball, which will generate more interest, which will generate more ratings. That's my opinion. Maybe it's, you know, it's an optimistic view. But I think if, if these guys will come in here sleepwalking, you know, half the teams just don't care. They're, you know, thinking about Magic City or whatever. Uh, it just it would have been it would have been so palpable, and we we would be talking about ratings. We would talk about bad product, and the product's been good, and that's the most important thing. That's part of the miracle of it is that so many guys are engaged and are in shape. The Pelican situation might be a little bit different, but for the most part, these guys. I we need are to get Will Guillory on so him and Ethan can just go at it on the Pelicans. Just... It's just it's a very strange situation, but for guys to be as sharp as they are and playing as hard as they are, and maybe America wasn't watching, but I was enjoying Bucks Rockets, and I liked that. I felt as though the NBA needs more of that. It's different conferences, but just Giannis and Harden not liking each other is something the NBA might need See, more. See, you're of. the problem. You focus on the drama and not the game. You're you're it's it's your fault. It's all part of the thing. Cuz you, you envision know? the world a world where basketball succeeds just based on the teams and the games and the rivalries and not off the court stuff and not the drama and not the individual. Can the NBA do it like the NFL and it work? Is that is that possible? No. 
No, that's just not what it is. Not at the levels that's, that they're used to. Yeah, they're, no, they're it's just, the, the yeah. Pistons hate Jordan. Jordan hates the Pistons, and somebody is going to win that tilt. You know, that was it for a while. Thunder Warriors. Lakers Celtics. I mean, you know. <laughs> Lakers everybody, huh? Lakers everybody. <laughs> you know, it just, that's, you know, that's, basketball's been marketed by that. You can see their faces. You know, that's what I've always said about the NFL. Part of their success is you put helmets on them and shoulder pads. You can't really tell the difference of these guys, except for the quarterbacks. You're rooting for the the jerseys. You're rooting for the, for the decals. And the NBA, you see the faces, you see the gestures, you see their emotions. You know, now we're hearing them scream out on, which is hilarious. We're like the piped-in noise is covering up some of it, but you can hear most of every effort out there. And oh all my the screaming, god, they I mean, gotta it, stop it's, the piped-in noise! Like, yeah, it's, it's way too much. much. Yeah, it's when, when the announcers can't hear each other because of piped-in noise. That's a problem. It seems like it's only a problem on ESPN's broadcast, not TNT's. TNT's yeah, is yeah. much smoother. It's probably the arena, right? They're in different arenas. I, Either I that, that or it's yeah. like something ESPN is doing fake into the viewers. Like maybe they're sending it to the viewers or TNT's not. I don't know. I enjoy the piped-in noise more for baseball than for the NBA. The NBA, maybe it's because I'm, I'm just so used to G League Showcase, Summer League. I, I'm kind of fine with it. I kind of like the... Well, that's a big decision. Okay, so this is an interesting decision for the NBA. They're kind of trying to replicate what they don't have in a virtual way but i wonder if that's the right call versus just going total g league showcase quiet and delivering a different environment to the public watching yeah they, i think they should try a couple without any noise and see how it, how it plays i think it would be unique to just see like a practice like guys going hard at each other when we're locked out and we want to see it yeah, I, I just think that would be cool. Like, what's the game everybody wants to see? It's that the dream team scrimmage, right? It's, again, you, we saw the finally saw the footage on Last Dance, and it wasn't that great because they're stopping every basket and they're pointing at each other. There isn't a flow to it, but it still was the greatest, you know, ten of the greatest players of all time going at each other behind closed doors. I would like to see what that feels like. Just like give us that game for twice or three times. Maybe make it New Orleans, so as Ethan would say, no one will be watching it. But I, I want to see what that here, what that sounds like, just because we don't get it, and they have the opportunity to do it this time. This is the chance to do it. This is the time to do it. Give it a sense of danger. Give everybody a parental advisory warning <laughs> exactly. and say, Last no, no, "Throw the little Last e thing? sticker on it, huh?" Yeah, there's no <laughs> tape delay on this. The NBA just wants to oh, warn man. all the moms and dads out there. There's no <laughs> tape delay. These are pro athletes. Only TNT and ESPN can do it. They can't yeah. do it on ABC. <laughs> I would watch it. I would watch it. I'd watch it. In a I heartbeat. think you got to use what you have, right? It's comparative advantage. Use what you have. Don't try to amplify the crowd noise that you don't have how about use what you do have which is this very intimate setting in the silence and try to market that and try to say look we don't want any i of would have everybody wired for sound yes like, it's like man put a mic on all of them and let's just hear it all and then like you know do something with that audio we we would we would eat that up nfl films like how did nfl films get huge it was like the personal mics and the close-up you know video and all of a sudden you're seeing a different kind of game and maybe we would see and hear and feel a different kind of game yeah that's how you build the energy right like start giving us some of that there's some downside though the players could say things that create incredible there's a huge difference between what players say in locker rooms and on the court and what they say publicly and i don't think the nba wants everybody well, that's what the delay is for right <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying no delay. I'm saying this is the whole. I draw. mean, they could say no delay and then delay it. 
<laughs> but I'm just saying, like, if they just got that footage and presented that to us in another way, like an NFL films, that's the type of stuff that builds up the interest in the game, right? It's like hearing the back and forth, hearing the storylines. Yeah, not them little uh, three second wired for sound snippets. Not that, but like, give us something, give us more media. I, I think they could do it. This was what we were hoping for. When it happened, and instead they're like drowning out everything with this like that sound. Oh, it's so irritating. That what's sound. the game that you guys were most anticipating when we knew it was happening this season? It was the one the Warriors were going to play without a crowd. I still like, man, that would have been interesting. I really was going to be curious about that one, and it never wasn't it. New Orleans was it New Orleans? I can't even remember who that was going to be against. But Nets, Nets, wasn't Nets. it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was it was it was Durant when he wasn't going to be there. I just, and then I, he was, and then that the, the words were told very late that Katie actually was going to be in the building. Yet there was going to be no fans, and people were like, "Imagine if they gave him a tribute without fans." But anyway, that feels like five years ago now. By the way, I, mean, I was really looking forward to that just because it was going to be different. I, I just wanted to see what the the league was going to feel like. This Warriors team in Chase Center and it's just going to be twenty people and the game and we we didn't get that opportunity but I was looking forward to it maybe like over over and over and over again it wouldn't have been so great but the first time I, man I, I was really going to look forward to that we were all going to be there we we're all going to write about it and that didn't happen Draymond is going to be in studio with Chuck and Ernie for the games on Friday and Saturday by the trying way trying to boost those ratings trying to boost those ratings Draymond and Chuck had a great time they're best they're friends, friends now. We're about to see Draymond as a, as a basketball commentator, like we always envisioned for him after his NBA career is over. This We're is, about this to get a sample of post career prep. <laughs> this oh, is yeah. definitely no post career. Oh, he's look, prep. That's exactly where he's looking too. That yeah. network. That's Absolutely. that seat. He want to be in that chair with them. Oh, you know who I think is playing Friday on TNT? Let me make sure. I believe we're going to get Lakers Rockets with Draymond Green. <laughs> yes. Hold on. Let me let me go make sure. Wait, I'm does looking. he have to go into the bubble for this? Oh, that's no. They're in the studio. That's right. They're yeah, in the studio. Uh, Lakers Rockets Thursday on TNT. But those Thursday. TNT announcers are like tier two, right? Like they're sort of there. Those guys are in the studio. Draymond okay. will be in the studio with like okay. inside inside oh, he's the not NBA. Doing, he's not doing the this game. This is great. Draymond can now take his shots at people on TV like Chuck does, and he can enjoy that. They had long <laughs> conversations about that during that uh, arena, that week long arena thing. There were some actually very interesting um, segments. Hey Slater, who's the best former warrior in the bubble? Oh man, uh, that's a good question. It's not JaVale McGee. JaVale has been bad. I'm trying to think of all the. Can, can you throw out some options? I'm trying to think if there's any from way back in the day that are. Anthony you know, Tolliver. Uh, oh, I was man, thinking no. of from the from the, you know from the time from, from the from the dynasty. Where's Jordan Bell? Is he in the bubble? Uh, Pat McCall's in the bubble. Pat McCall's in the Pat bubble. Pat McCall's not playing at all. Jordan Bell actually signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Justin Holiday. Justin Holiday is on the bubble. Might be. Um, I don't Jamal think we've got Crawford. many good ones right now. <laughs> we haven't come Jamal on. Jamal Crawford. Crawford. Jamal Crawford. He hasn't Jamal played Crawford. yet, but he's the best one. Uh, Alec Burks, maybe? Alec no. Burks. Did he play? Wow. He's in the I know Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook, not in the Laker rotation. <laughs> yeah, these guys Quinn are dropping Cook out. Playing the yeah, NBA these... finals, but can't get in the regular season game for the Lakers. I mean, that tells you a lot about who the Warriors had. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Quinn, yes. Quinn Cook's yes. role every year he, he was in the playoffs went down, down, down as the playoffs got deeper. Coach K says he's a force multiplier. So, you know, there's uh, the, whatever that is <laughs> can help in some particular way. 
you guys want me to do a Warriors target of the week? Well, I want to do one thing. Is Ethan the Warriors? The I'm sorry, not the Warriors. Walnut Creek is the new base. It's just been announced as the as the oh. site of the the G League Select team of all these future number one draft picks. I'm not even sure what their schedule is going to be. I don't know what the, the exactly how this is all going to work. But we we've, we've seen the reports of all these good players. So what does this mean for you, Mister AAU Circuit, Mister Agent Circuit? What does it mean? It's a surprise to me that wasn't in LA. What does it mean that it's going to be based in Walnut Creek? I'm just really happy about it. I think it's cool. <laughs> what does it mean this to is... you? I mean, what does it mean to the league? Oh, is it to me? Who cares about the league? <laughs> yeah, well, we what need is this? content. We need interesting stuff happening in the Bay Area. It's about us. The league can do whatever it does. I think it's great because this is all I care about when it comes to the G League. I just want to see who the new, young, exciting players coming down the pipe are. So they try to force this G League stuff on us all the time. And maybe I watch some of it because I think Kevin Dana is a good announcer or what have you. The Warriors are really into G League, G League, G League. But this is the stuff. This is actual players who could be superstars in the NBA playing in the suburb of Walnut Creek at the Fieldhouse. And so if the pandemic situation can ever be mitigated, it would be just great entertainment and great for information to go down there and see some of these guys who are going to become superstars. And not only that, are part of this huge shifting dynamic away from the NCAA as the NBA's farm system. So I'm ecstatic and quite surprised that Walnut Creek is going to be the epicenter of this. And this is at the old Contra Costa Times building, right, TK? You know, I've never been there, so I don't know. I guess is that so that's where they have the, the field house was built. I, di- I didn't even know all this stuff. Is this, a, this the same building with the big Steph thing on the side? Yes. Okay, this is where Steph has his summer camps. That's yeah, what yeah, I, yeah, 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 I think yeah, this yeah. is that's the that, exact. Yeah. That's the, the old exact, Contra Costa Times. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. The beginnings of the Marcus Thompson career. I was distracted because the full ratings report just came out. We're out of ratings land, but I was just looking at I was just looking at the numbers. So just say good or bad. That. That's all. Say good or bad. Uh, terrible. Uh-oh. Oh boy. Terrible. Oh, Ethan's no. going to be direct messaging with some NBA owners again. Oh boy. I have a funny story about that field house. Well, I'll just say uh I was I was prevented from going in. <laughs> from the field house so steph was having his select team there and i went to go see uh kyrie walker and i wasn't writing i just wanted to go see kyrie walker he's like a he, at the time he's like a sophomore or something like that he's gonna be really good i was like yo steph is kyrie playing he was like yeah he's like come through so i came through and steph wasn't there and they straight wouldn't let me in <laughs> Aww. Aww. I was like, geez. Did you, did you give him the, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? You're not letting <laughs> me in? I called Steph. I was like, yo, they not letting me in. I'm out. He was like, I'll be there in 10 minutes. I was like, yeah, nah, never mind. I'm not about to stand here and wait. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I know like, Steph. I really do. I know him. I know him. You should just flash your CC Times badge. You can walk I right in. Have, huh? yeah. It's so funny. I own this. I own this land. I literally own this land. Well, it'll be interesting. We'll see how this works out. I mean, like, is there is there a room for a crowd there, like in, in that gym? I mean, is this like going to be fans there? There's multiple courts, so they could probably put up something. But you know, uh, you can stand around in there. I mean, they they put out them little. It's like the little bit of bleachers, right? That like parents sit on and stuff like that when it's a high school camp or whatever. So you can pack it like a standing room only. You can surround it like Rucker Park, or you can like 
put something in on one of the courts because there's like three. You can put something in on one of the courts and just you know have everybody watching the game. There's potential there. It's it's a really nice it's a really nice gym. It's, it's sizable. I went there for the select team for the women's select Steph Curry's select camp the next year when we were invited as media. The year I got rejected, no media was allowed. I went to see the women's camp in there, and it was yeah they were in there balling. But it, it's a really nice it's a really nice setup. So I just don't like Walnut Creek. That's just my beef. Sorry, Ethan. Ethan is going to have to stand up for Walnut Creek. Walnut Creek is what it is. I'm not some sort of Walnut Creek. I don't know why I was being apologized to right there. I mean, Man, you love Walnut fine. Creek. Get out of here. Nah, it's too much traffic downtown. Too much traffic. If you're going to be this a sounds like suburb, a point of contention. Say, so yeah, yeah, let's right. bring it up. All right, Warriors offseason target. The James Johnson bridge to, you know, an Aaron Gordon or somebody else in the 18 million range. But James Johnson has a $16 million player option in Minnesota. He's going to pick it up because he wouldn't get, he'd probably get a minimum if he was an unrestricted free agent. Glenn Taylor, obviously, I mean, like Minnesota clearly is in a very uh, strange franchise situation right now where they're probably selling or might be selling, where I would think they would be very happy to give away James Johnson, considering how expensive the rest of their roster is. Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell on maxes, Beasley and a couple of others coming up on contracts. So I think the Warriors could get James Johnson and probably a pick. Now, you're not going to get Minnesota's next year's first rounder because you already have it. I don't know how much they would give up to give away James Johnson's one-year contract, but you know, I look at something like we just saw TJ Warren score 53 on the Sixers in the bubble. Well, last offseason, Phoenix gave TJ Warren's contract away with the 32nd overall pick, which is a very valuable pick. So if the Warriors could maybe get a James Johnson and get an asset, a good, you know, probably a decent draft asset, and then suddenly they have a 16 point, I think it's about 16.1 million, you have to be able to prove it wasn't cap circumvention, basically, where it's like, we just got James Johnson to flip him. But that increases their spending power with this trade exceptions called a bridge basically to the 18 to even like 19 million per year type range because you can use that salary later in a trade that suddenly opens up the door for an Aaron Gordon in Orlando which is probably the best name he makes 18.1 million next season and he's in a place with Orlando where it just seems like they might be a little bit ready to give up on him Miles Turner is a name in the 18 million range. Julius Randle, I don't really like that one as much as Zach Levine. Hey, by the way, there was some report from somewhere that the Warriors were talking trade for Aaron Gordon at the trade deadline. I assume this is which would have been a D'Angelo Russell conversation. Did you see that? What, what, what do you think about that one? He clearly like kind of could fit that like you know high at, you know athleticism small ball lineup next to Draymond. He has the shooting issues, which just seems like every option we talk about has these shooting issues. But what do you guys think about Gordon on this Warriors team? I don't think it's terrible. I, I they mean, can do worse. Yeah, they could do worse. I'm not quite sure. You couldn't play him, Draymond, and Pascal together. You know, listen, let's put Pascal to the side of this because he's not going to be a superstar. I could see it. He's athletic. Maybe he hits a shot or two. I don't think he'd be have to be defended out there, so that would b- screw up space. But you know he's dynamic and in a you know dynamic in a way that they could use. You know, but you go Aaron Gordon, Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. That's not a great starting five. If you can even play him at center, maybe you can't. Draymond would have to play center basically. But yeah, it, 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 it's getting there. But I don't know if he's the one for that. That I, I, I don't price know. tag. It's never really come together for him in a way where he 
you know, he averages points in the teens, but not a great efficiency. And he doesn't, I mean, the, the thing with him, as much as he's built as a defender, he doesn't really make plays on defense. I mean, he has never averaged more than a steal a game with full starters minutes. And I know that's not everything and guys gamble, but he also doesn't get blocks. He's just, you would think looking at him that this is a guy who is a big defensive impact player, but he just doesn't, he just doesn't seem to have the impact. And that lessens my enthusiasm. Yeah, you know, if you said him or Wiggins, I would probably say Gordon. Just, you know, because, you know, I don't think it, the investment isn't as huge. And I just think he's a more versatile player. But if you're talking adding him to Wiggins and everything else, probably not the way I'll go. Unless, I mean, are they moving Wiggins to get him? I, I don't know exactly how that all would work. But no, they well, they'd probably be because moving, they'd be, yeah, Johnson. Yeah, moving Johnson. Yeah, so I don't know that that all quite fits. I would say I want one of those players on my team and not two of them, and they've already got Wiggins. So it would be tough for me to see how that makes them a championship-level team. I don't think it does. Orlando's motivation to trade him also was uh, taken away this week with Jonathan Isaac towards ACL. And part of the reason why people I mean, that's believe, the guy you want, right? <laughs> yeah. Part of the reason people believe Orlando was kind of ready to move off Gordon was because Isaac and him, not only do they kind of overlap, but Isaac's better. You know, he's Isaac is an all-NBA defender. But now that he's torn his ACL, he's, he's out next season. So to me that, you you know, Orlando doesn't have that overlap anymore. So maybe they just would prefer to keep Gordon. Um, so what do you guys think about Miles Turner? Because Demonis Abonis, who's also hurt right now, to me, like moving forward, Indiana might have to make a decision like, hey, Sabonis, who was their all-star this year, he had a great season. Maybe he's the stretch five that you want to have as your center of the future. You don't want to have a too big lineup with Sabonis and Turner. The Warriors obviously have a hole at the center, which I've discussed plenty with the James Wiseman option. He could kind of be a sh- you know shooter, shot blocker. Yeah, I, li- I like Turner. He's legit, what, 6'10", 6'11", whereas Aaron Gordon is probably 6'8". 6'9", so he's give you a little bit more size. And even though, like, Aaron Gord is from the Bay, you know, Archbishop Mitty stand up, but I don't, I just don't, I don't think he rebounds well enough either. Like, for a guy who's such a supreme athlete, his rebound rate is not that good. Miles Turner, though, like, I don't think his price tag would be as high, is it? I don't think he makes that much as Aaron He's, he's like 17-something, something, yeah. something right, right in there. No, he's, yeah. he's right at 18. They're basically the same amount. Aaron Gordon's on a weird contract where Aaron Jeez, Gordon made 19 right. this year, and he's going down to down, 18. that's right. He's going down. Yeah. And where Miles Turner is. I think I'm uh, off the Aaron Gordon train. I think I'm just I think I'm just out. Well, are you in the Miles Turner train? I'm trying to decide who, Potentially. Which, bridge, which bridge option well, I'm, I'm, I'm writing I'm about. Well, I'm kind of – you know, this doesn't sound exactly scientific, but – like I, I almost take either big for out of Indiana. Just uh, you know, <laughs> they both seem fine. <laughs> yeah, I would. I just think Turner's a guy you could play with. Like you could just mess around with the the, the rotations a little bit more with him. I could see him being, you know, the, the one of the big scoring options of a second unit. Him and Wiggins just throw him out there in the second unit and see what happens. More than I can see with Aaron Gordon. I wouldn't have thought that, you know, two months ago, six months ago, but. To me, I get stuck on Wiggins. If you have Wiggins, you don't want to add another sort of similar player. You want to add a different player if you're going to add that much money and you're going to, you know, you're going to go flying into luxury tax. I don't think Miles Turner makes them a championship level team either. But you know, nobody we're discussing here is going to do it. I would almost say Turner. Although, if you're going to really look big picture, who's going to be more tradable, like have more value in a year if you, you get him for a year? It's probably Aaron Gordon. But 
then Aaron Gordon plus Wiggins plus whatever gets you Giannis at that point. I don't. I, we're, we're talking meaningless this stuff at that point. Does so, Aaron Gordon being from the Bay tip the scales? Yeah, it does for a lot of people. Tickets? Doesn't yeah. doesn't for me. It doesn't. For I me. mean, for the Warriors, if you got to choose, like, hey yeah, man, we need maybe, to sell these. Maybe we need to sell uh, these tickets. Let's go, San Jose. Let's get they are <laughs> those tickets are sold. They just need people sold, in the yeah. seats. The people need the seats. You know, it would be an interesting aspect that goes along with this that I'll probably write about. You could just, you know, you get James Johnson. You know, maybe you get a good second rounder. Maybe, you, I don't know. I don't know what Minnesota's asset chest is. I need to look at it. But if you could possibly get like a late first or something along with James Johnson just for eating his contract, you could just go into the season with James Johnson. He's kind of a bigger guy who shoots threes. He's he's He had that one good season where Miami just had that terrible summer where they gave Olenek four for 60, Waiters four for 52, I think. And then uh, I think it was right around four for 52 for James Johnson, too. That's why he's on this contract. But you go into the season with them, just say, hey, you know, you can play 20 minutes. You can throw up a bunch of threes. Maybe they can find something with him. And if not, he'd just be a good contract to have around deadline time. And that kind of gives them a while. It allows them to use the exception so they don't lose it. And then kind of give them maybe a couple months in season to survey the landscape. Who might become available? Who might fit this team? What do we need? So you can do that option too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, then you might get stuck with him, and he's then 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 the luxury tax hit is no matter what you're going to hit. None of this matters. They're getting yeah. James Wiseman. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. There <laughs> we that's go. It. Win a championship. They get Wiseman. They win a championship. Should I just should I just do target of the week James Wiseman again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even more reasons why he should be the he should be the, you're setting this up for them to get the third pick and Wiseman to go second, right? You're setting <laughs> every Warriors fan to go. Yes, I've convinced myself after all this time. It's got to be James Wiseman. It's got to be like James Wiseman. I feel like I did Wiseman. convince some people of it. <laughs> you did swing. You you were a thought leader on James Wiseman. I think yeah, you. Some were, you, you will be uh, carrying that one around either as a laurel when he's a, a NBA All Star, or if he's out of the league in two years, it will not be a good sign for you. I would love if, uh, as Darko is to Chad Ford, <laughs> uh, James Wiseman is to Anthony no. Slater. No, <laughs> jeez. Anyway, who knows? Who, who knows? Who knows? That's the that's the beauty of this draft. Both of your both of you have reputations right yes, this draft. Yes, by the way, yes. Oh, but, but we can always blame the pandemic if it doesn't work out. One thing I would say, though, is like there's been some like, you know, I even saw a couple of commenters like, you know, this would be like taking eight and when Don, you know, instead of Doncic, it's just like, you know, OK, who's Luka <laughs> Doncic? You know, who's Luka Killian Doncic Hayes. In this, draft? <laughs> this is like taking De- DeAndre Ayton in this draft, because you know what? I If you put DeAndre Ayton in this draft, I might take him. I just don't see a Doncic. Yeah, this is like I, taking DeAndre Ayton when when uh, Dion Waiters is available. That's what this is. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think it's a terrible swing and miss. Like, I can't wait Killian. for somebody to blow up and everybody says, we knew this was Doncic all along. Killian Hayes, put out a hype video or something. Your your, your <laughs> reputation is it's dropping without some new footage. Yeah, how fresh good would Doncic be in this draft, by the way? This would be like... 17-year-old who was MV, whatever he was, MVP of the Euro League. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. And the Kings would take Wiseman. <laughs> <laughs> so can we go back and take Bagley again, please? Well, that's, we want to just do it again. He's so good. All right. I got a Lakers Forum Club podcast. Everyone, subscribe and listen. But I got oh, to head towards star, that. Star of all teams. That is our cue. Without Slater, we cannot go Ball on. Park. So Ball until park. next week. We will holler.